It is Thursday, the 12th of May, 2016, and this is episode 281 of Digital Outbox. Hello, um, welcome to another episode. We had to do the recording today because otherwise we'd have been doing it on Friday the 13th, which is bad. So this is probably when most people are going to be listening to it. Ooh, hope your day's been going well. Um, I'm Chris, joined by Ian. Hello, Ian. Um, good evening, you superstitious lover. Wow, well, you know, they say. I don't know who they are and why they say it. I can't, I can't, I'm sure I learned the reason why it was bad at one point, but there you go. You do know that's just going to I'm just going to have to Google that now. Yeah, go Google it. And I'm going to talk about the, the first news story that we're going to cover this week. And that was actually a story that happened, I think, last week. Uh, Australian Craig Wright is claiming that he is the Bitcoin creator. So this has been a longstanding uh, unknown. It's who actually came up with the concept of these cryptographic Bitcoins, which is sort of the uh, the, the currency. Um, and this this chap, Craig Wright, has come out and said, it's me. Um He'd gone by the pseudonym of Satoshi Nakamoto. Um, and no one knows who that person is. He said he is, um, you know, cutting a long story fairly short. Um, he came up with some uh, proof that he was this person. And some people have knocked him down and back on that. He said he was going to come up with completely conclusive proof, uh, but bailed out at the last minute and has now not given that conclusive proof. So we don't know whether this chap is just, uh, you know, saying one thing, doing another, or whether he really is, as he says, not willing to take on the limelight and doesn't want to be interrogated um, on, on this whole topic. All, what do you reckon? All, all feel embarrassed. This, this is, there's been a number of people that have claimed that they are um, Satoshi Nakamoto and and also, Craig Wright was one of the heavily tipped people to be um, that said person. And it was a bit weird when he came out because BBC had a big splash and it was weird. It was BBC Economist and GQ it gave these kind of interviews to. So it's a kind of strange. And he said, it's the only TV interview I'm doing. Not doing anymore. That's mm. the end of it. I've given conclusive proof. And he also quoted, you know, so there was uh, Gavin Andreessen, who's the chief scientist at the Bitcoin Foundation. So he he had come out and said, I believe he's a person, I believe he is um, Satoshi Nakamoto and here's why. So that seemed to be enough for BBC and others to say, this is a guy. But there were so many other people who was like, the evidence he gave wasn't enough. The evidence he gave could have, could have easily been found or doesn't give conclusive proof. And it's all about, it was all about the... Um, the, the original transactions, original Bitcoin yes. transactions, um, and the blocks that were first used to send it, and and what what they were, what he then went on to say was later in the week I'll I'll release some money from those first blocks and that'll prove it because I'm the only person that can do it and that'll prove that I am Satoshi Nakamoto and and done deal, and then as I said four days later he goes actually apologies for all this, apologies um you know for who's been damaged on this. Um, but I'm not going. To, I'm not going to prove it, and and it's just left it open, really. Yeah, it's, it's kind of it's weird. It's it, no matter whether he is or he isn't. It's still strange, strange actions to 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 have the ability to conclusively prove it 
say that you're going to do it and then not sounds weird anyway so that will remain an, a mystery i don't think it affects anyone or anything by not knowing who the originator is other than curiosity and having kind of a mystery that's unsolved but i guess this just adds to the deeper deeper to the mystery of, of who well, who did start up this currency exactly one bit of damage um so gavin and jason he's been blocked from doing any further development with bitcoin so there's there, there has been a bit of collateral damage around this um, so a few mm. days after this all kind of took place, which was at the start of last week, um, he he was basically blocked, um, and it looks it looks like he's still fighting for that position in that place. So it'll be it, it'll, it'll be interesting. And lots of people were saying this is really important because it legitimizes Bitcoin. But to be honest, I don't think that you know finding out whoever started it off is going to legitimize it in any way shape or form it's uh the fact that no one's cracked bitcoin yet and broken the you know this methodology how it actually works kind of suggests that it doesn't matter whether it's legitimized or not in fact it's probably in its interest not to legitimize itself um because it's making money and it's you know it's it's just you know uh you know, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but its increase of, of wealth that it's making people who own bitcoins is is still quite phenomenal. I think it's one of the best investments to make. If you if you put money into Bitcoin even five years ago, you've you've made you know, I think it's tens of thousands, if not you know hundreds of thousands of pounds. You did make a lot, and then a lot of people jumped in, and and the way it kind of worked was the more people that joined and tried to mine, the harder it was to mine. So so it was yes, like, of course, it, yeah, and, yeah. And and there was you know, there was massive mining farms. I think there still is. I think there's a lot of places around the world, and I think, was it not in some of the colder places that they've also been uh, optimizing these farms because they can, you know, obviously run them you know far hotter because they can cool them cheaply. Yeah. Um, the other main thing that came out of Bitcoin was was basically blockchain. So this is how the this is actually the this distributed database that Bitcoin kind of kind of sits on. This is seen as a kind of big innovation. There's lots of chatter on, you know, is blockchain going to become some sort of new tech that 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 enterprises and people can start mm. to take advantage of, and and just how it becomes this kind of you know it's almost like a ledger. So it's a good secure way of ledgering data and so there's lots of chat around how blockchain is going to be some sort of future technology and thanks to bitcoin that that is maybe the biggest benefit people see but that's very geeky well we're a geeky podcast it's fine uh, fine google has been given access to uh uk patient records for research so outrageous (laughs) so about 1.6 million nhs patient records have been shared via the data sharing agreement um, with with Google and their kind of DeepMind project, um, they were Google were approached by one of the trusts to do this, carry out this work. But obviously, it's kicked up a bit of fuss um, just because it's because it's made it into the headlines. It's like what the NHS share our data with people, and actually, yes, they do. They share it with hundreds of organisations, uh, in fact, thousands of organisations. Um, and without without your knowledge, really, or say so, um, you have the option to opt out of these things as per normal using sort of data protection rules. Um, but it's not clear, not easy, and certainly involves you having to make phone calls rather than, you know, being a simple form. So <clears throat> that's why it's kicked up a lot of fuss this week. Uh, and it's also the, the specifically the project specifically they're trying to do is to see whether uh, they can pick up people with a acute kidney infection. Um, ahead of time so can they give the warnings to the doctors that these people might be at risk of of these acute kidney uh, injuries and um 
yeah, um, but they've been given in order to. They, they say they need all these different signals, so they haven't just been given data on people with kidney problems or uh, you know f- symptoms of kidneys. They, they've actually um, yeah been given all sorts of data, including people from accident emergency um, commitments and things like that. Uh, so, so my view. I don't know how you feel. My view in general is I'm I'm quite happy if the data is anonymized. That, that but it's not. Well, and this is the thing, they said, they didn't say anonymise, they said it remains encrypted, which is something totally different. Well, no, the, the, your name and address, your name, sorry, your name and some details are associated with that record. Well, and the only, and sure, they're saying it's encrypted on the servers and there's no, it's not available to uh, individual Google employees. But I guess in this particular case, if you're trying to pinpoint a patient, you need the end of the day for that name to come out the other end. Otherwise, it'll just say three people in your region are susceptible to kidney. And and that's and that's why I'm making the, the the kind of distinction between encrypted and anonymized. If it's anonymized, I've no problem. If I'm encrypted, at some point, somebody will break it. You know, at some point, so and also, I'm not. I, I don't know. I am assuming Google is probably just as advanced as Facebook. But that whole shadow profile stuff and how much information it can capture against yes. somebody, I'm pretty sure there'll be a way of working out that oh that data that's that's Chris, oh that yeah. data that's you. <clears throat> in in when you've got perfect visibility and vision which you have the more and more data you have the 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 harder it is to anonymize data even if you can't see the sort of the the, the name it's just you know whether it be patient vi- visits you know locations it becomes what looks immediately like a you know 1.6 million records that you know cover everyone <clears throat> but quickly becomes easy to pinpoint who those people are when when you know a few bits of data so yeah, yeah. um as, yeah as much as anything it's whether we think is that should that data be used in those cases and and who has oversight on who gets to use those yeah. those data and and what do they have to do to to get that data and, and i'd also say in general i'm in i'm, I'm in favor of this as a principle but i would like it to be opt-in rather than opt-out you know so i, I would rather it problem is they know that that's not going to happen i know but but it still frustrates me like you know like the, like the donor card system is an opt-in you know and i'd rather i'd rather everybody's opted in by default to to Donor it's cards. funny how yeah, yeah so, you know what I mean? so you've got two different viewpoints on exactly the same thing there haven't you i i, I know but it's just i just i feel something that to me that is, that is something that is a good everybody and you know there's lots of people I mean, there's lots of situations where you know i might have a donor card and then you know my my relatives might say no i don't want it to happen it's that's against my wishes you know in, but in this yeah. case i just think it should be something where it's like if i'm happy that happens and as long as it's anonymized take it because uh, see if they can see if they can help see if they can mine the data see if they can but, actually but, spot but, trends but and help they people, can do far more really work good. if they keep it as a you know an automatic opt-in they can do far more work if you if you believe in that you know if you believe that it's everything's perfectly trustworthy um and there's nobody uh, out to case. steal yeah of course you don't but but if you believe in and you, you think everyone's working to your benefit then these then, it, then it's a, you know it's a good thing that all the data is there and available to them and i guess that's kind of in the donor example it's good that there's a massive pool of donors and some people will opt out who want to and maybe that you know are we being a bit hypocritical by saying donors should be you should we should steal everyone's Probably. organs but but at the same at the same time it's just the uh, see if it said anonymized i would I, I wouldn't even start this in this week it just been like yeah. uh, so what you know, I mean, it's like it's anonymized. Who cares? But it's the fact it's just encrypted, and it just just feels. And it's such a big organization. That's the other thing. With they're already out to collect a lot of data, so yeah. it's in their best interests. No, agreed. I mean, there's a, I didn't put it in. There's a there's a new iOS keyboard that's just come out today from Google, and it, and it, by all accounts, it's fantastic. It's only in America, um, and it allows you to search from the from the actual typing, you know, from the keyboard, um, and get you know gifts and and all sorts of nonsense, and get you know. So if I said let's meet at at Breadwick's Bread tomorrow, and I I could search for it 
get the map and, and paste it in and all that and it looks really good but it's another way of getting google search in there yeah. and and instantly a lot of people are saying oh google knows it's already it, causing a stink yeah. google knows everything you type now you know so it's not even a it's not mm. even that it's just you know it's just a default search engine it's like it tracks and stores everything yeah yep 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 <clears throat> Uh, sorry, I'm completely scrolled in the exactly the wrong time there, and I've <laughs> completely lost where I am. Uh, two seconds. We're going to right, talk here... about Viv. Oh, you're right, Ian. We are going to talk about Viv. <laughs> Which is a next generation AI assistant, and you knew I was going to say that, so you didn't need Viv to know that I was going to say that. So Viv is, uh, the, yes, a next generation AI assistant by, by the same person who made Siri. So basically, Siri was obviously bought up by Apple, and the underlying creator went away and sort of created his next vision for this this digital assistant. And it can't, it's kind of been stealthily building away, really. Um, so where Apple sort of locked it down to their own particular uses, he's his focus and his aim is to open this 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 assistant up to third party integration. Uh, and its big selling point is that it's again even more um, user friendly. It understands context based on previous questions and you know, makes intelligent um, guesses about what you're actually interested in. And the kind of data mining three levels deep, I think he showed some good examples, you know, asking for, um, you know, weather as it was going to be in two days' time at the Golden Gate Bridge and was it going to be above 70 degrees? Will it be warmer than 70 degrees near the Golden Gate Bridge after 5pm the day after tomorrow? So, you know, there's several layers deep there. And okay, this is a demo, but it just shows that it's understanding concept of place, time, um, topic, and, you know, a specific query about, you know, the the, the data that coming back. So, yeah. And, and part of me, when I, when I saw the guy doing that demo, I laughed, thinking that's ridiculous. But then, I'm, I, I, then when you think when Siri was launched, it was all, well, I need my umbrella tomorrow. Yes. You know, so, and, and, and it's just, I think he was just wanting to say, this is how specific we can get with this. We can we can take a number of inputs and give you an answer very quickly. Um, and, and, you know, the whole, I can, you know, send Chris $20 and then it pops up. Yeah, so up that's the whole point of this, this sort of third party integration is that someone, you can say, I would like to send Ian $20 and it comes up with a well, confirm and, and off and off you go. So it's kind of that, and that relies on these third, third party integrations. And then that, that's up to the developer as how they integrate and work in, work on that level. This is backed by some serious capital. Um, Iconic Capital put in $12.5 million uh, and that's apparently got, you know, some big names in there. So you've got Zuckerberg and... Um, Muscovitz and loads, lots of people basically back that 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 firm, and it seems like they're also in the line for buyouts and things like that. So Google and Facebook are both interested in in buying this out. I guess the other interesting aspect is they want this to be like an open API driven um, AI, so that, that like my app and your app could could use this. Yes, um, and that, that'll be because Siri was bought quite quickly and obviously touted as a this is an Apple thing. Um, and 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 I guess Google have got their own, and, and others have got their own. And Siri, they always talked about opening up Siri to other app developers, and they never did. You know, it's a bit like iMessage turning into an old platform, and it never did. Yeah, I'm still, I, I still think that's going to happen, and I think something like this would will spurn that on even more. Um, hopefully, hopefully. Yeah. So, so it'll be, and this is coming out. All they've said is like this year. You know, yes. so we'll, we'll, you know, we'll, hopefully we'll see some more. It's kind of vague, and and he's also, you know. 
this was a tech demo and should be taken with a bit of a pinch of salt um but you know promising and i think we're going to see massive movements in this area in the next two years i think things are going to be moved on quite considerably um facebook have been cons- uh, accused of censoring conservative viewpoints on their kind of news feed um, so this is the kind of observation that in in facebook's news feed um conservative type views are certainly trend lower than um, progressive you know or left-leaning views um facebook are saying no we we it's purely based on um stats and whatever i guess a lot less people like <laughs> you know they, they don't particularly like against conservative viewpoints whereas they do against progressive it's i guess the internet by its definition is fairly liberal um, but anyway, so Facebook's saying this isn't happening. Um, other people have come out and said, yes, it definitely is. The, there are trending topics in the conservative sort of world and, and they're never shown as they should be. No, and, and you know, there's a, a, I don't know, it's a Breitbart or Breitbart news editor, which is a conservative, very right-wing uh, organisation. Um, this is what conservatives have long suspected. And um, it, it artificially mutes conservatives and amplifies progressives. How dare they? Um, How dare anyone be progressive? Uh, to be honest, I, I I generally think they're not doing anything, but it's also one of the reasons why I probably still can have a bit of faith in RSS, and and, and it's probably misplaced. But it's like it's my news then, rather yes. than somebody telling me what I think I need to know. I, I, yeah, I, because that you know, for the for the positives or the negatives, yes, you're right. You shouldn't even no matter how it sort of comes comes to pass. You know, because maybe you don't click the like button doesn't mean that that's not still a valid bit of news and is not, you know, equally deserved, deserving of, of display and, and no. consumption. And, and there was, I can't remember who said recently you should be reading, you know, the opposite views of what you believe in just so exactly, you get a yes. fuller, you know, yeah. th- this is what some of the world are thinking, even though it's you think it's, you know, intolerable and hateful. It's like that is what a as as we all know the internet trends on really benign and trivial stuff and often on the important issues it does not trend at all because people just generally aren't so interested they don't like against things just don't engage in it so actually yes that's certainly a criticism of these these sort of aggregation services and 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 things so yeah you're, you're right i think there's some movement to be had there um amazon video direct um, this is Amazon's attempt to become a kind of YouTube uh, competitor. Um, interesting, they're going to be allowing, it seems like they're more focused towards offering people the ability to earn royalties from um, from videos they put up there. So Facebook does do this as long as you're a large enough um, provider and have enough sort of subscriptions or whatever. It seems that Amazon are going to try and dig into maybe even the smaller end of the market who still want to be able to charge for their content uh, or, or support it via advertising. Um, but that's kind of its only unique selling point at the moment. It's Other than that, it's a kind of just another place to go store your videos and, and show them. It's, it's, I, I don't know. I, I did not expect this. Uh, it's a, a little bit weird for me. Cause it, but then I guess if you don't try and compete, you just, you just kind of give the market away. So... And, uh, yeah, and it's an interesting angle to come from, you know, that the small producer who does want, you know, that self-publishing option that they can earn their little little bits of cash for for their own audience. And to be fair to Amazon, when it when it started up the Prime Video service, I was like, this, what's what's what are they doing? And it's massive, you know. So it is massive, but I never watch it. <laughs> you know, just I, I'm st- it's still not my daily commute. 
Yeah. Anyway, yes. Yeah, so they've got the storage, they've got the infrastructure, they've got all these things. Why not? Why not see whether this takes off? And, and like I say, where YouTube doesn't cater for that 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 small provider in the ability to really um, really monetize. You can monetize with adverts, but you really don't make much money out of that um, unless you are a a big content provider. And you, certainly, some of the features and stuff don't unlock until you've got enough. Um, people following and liking no, and viewing. And it'll be interesting like to see if I mean if they did manage to woo some of the I'm saying big name, but you know what I mean, some of the kind of YouTube folk that are yeah. obviously making lots of money, but if they manage to, you know, pay them a lot of cash, come over, would it bring an audience? Would it be the massive would it be a you know massive fish, big pond, small pond even? You yeah, know, as it, as ever, if they suddenly attract the the teenage market, who you th- think for whatever reason YouTube is now the the you know gone past parents of censoring it too much or whatever. This might be, you know, could be the next big thing. Who knows? Um, EU's blocked Three's purchase or takeover request on O2. So Three put forward a billions of pounds basically to buy O2, and the Competition Commission, the European Competition Commission, said no because, quite frankly, that will reduce everyone's, um, you know, reduce choice for the customer, reduce blah blah blah. Um, but as you know, for Three, it's a bit galling because they they just let um, BT buy. Um, whatever the other you know t-mobile or whatever so it's just e. just unbelievable uh, anyway so that because that's happened they now can't have their deal go through um and and three are certainly very disappointed about that and are looking to make a legal challenge on it i think from a consumer point of view they probably are right as in i, I think it will lead to less choice probably higher prices and um but nevertheless it does seem a little bit like well just because they got in there a couple of months before <laughs> <laughs> they're all right exactly and it, and it was just a couple of months you know yeah. so it wasn't it, it, and and i and i don't know that i don't know the market well enough to know it's because because we're talking about i think the the you were saying there was less of these virtual operators you know so yes. it's like you can go to you know like tesco and and you know buy a phone and they're using ee or whatever or they're using mm. three um, and and I, I don't know as you said it just seems like by a matter of weeks one deals went through and one deals not and it's yeah and it's all you know you know if you're that company you think well you know they've just let them become the biggest mobile firm by far and now you're saying no one else can even compete with them um because they're not we're not allowed to chop down the numbers any further so yeah it's i don't even think there's that i don't know i don't think there's that much i don't think we're doing that much loss in competition that's a bit that's weird for me it's not like there's one major player it's like there would have been three major players all fighting out and and maybe the maybe that argument is there's four major players, but I think there's now two beasts and two smalls. Yes, I mean that is that is what it is. But then again, that's like I say from a consumer point of view, I don't think we do want to see these you know single points of failure. If you like, I think we do need to see in order to keep that net, net neutrality and all those kind of things. I think we need big players. No, so I, I do think ultimately, I think it's the right choice. But actually, I think it would have been a you know the right choice not to let the the other one go through either. You know keep them separate as well but then again you've got to say from on to be for them to be able to compete on an international basis they need to be that big to to have the their their infrastructure so yeah tough one but um seems a little unjust i'd say i'm pretty sure there's a few three shareholders are thinking yep brexit (laughs) that'll do me (laughs) yeah i think they might um broadband companies have been told they must make their prices easier to understand so this is advertising standards agency coming along and saying, okay, we've done some tests and, and we've shown consumers adverts and pretty much none of them. So I think it was less than a fifth of them understood 
what the advert meant the first time they um, they watched it. And it took them sometimes several watches before they even started to understand the concept. So basically, they've come along and said, this is unacceptable. Consumers are being bamboozled, tricked and conned into taking on you know initial good deals. Everything must be made simpler. And by October 31st, is it or something like that? Something along in October, they everything must be sorted and adverts will be judged according to these standards. Otherwise, they'll be in breach. About time. <laughs> There's this... There's nothing more to say. It's it's yeah. it's you look at a lot of the adverts and most of the time it's uh you know you'll pay ninety nine underneath it's like yeah you need to pay line metal and after six yes, months changes <laughs> and after twelve that. months this can happen and after this this can happen. Yeah, broadband ninety nine p per month plus seventeen pound ninety nine line rental and in three months time it will go up to nineteen pounds ninety nine plus seventeen pounds ninety nine line rental subject to terms and conditions fair usage policy. I could do those adverts. Uh, I forgot that you did have an advert voice. Oh, you do have an advert Not you did. You do have an advert voice. There you go. I could do that. That small print. Uh, you could be. You could be Steve Ballmer. Who's that? Uh, X Microsoft guy who did the advert way back for Windows ninety five. Oh yeah, sorry, yeah, no, or Windows three one. I thought How you were going much? somewhere different. <laughs> How? Um. BT. Are uh, going to spend six billion of their money on on a further super fast broadband and four G rollout. So they they've come a kind of answering the questions about you know you've got this kind of dominant position in in the telecoms industry and certainly with your sort of uh, broadband open reach um, angle. Where are you going to spend your money? They have come out now and said, yeah, we're going to pump in six billion into this. It'll be putting some fiber to the premises um, in new builds and in uh, locations, they're certainly going to be rolling out more on their uh, 4G network. Um, but they're also um, pumping money into open reach to make sure that so the customer service and fault uh, corrections are all coming within sort of tolerances. Um, so it all sounds positive and 6 billion is certainly not to be sniffed at, right? Yeah. And I, I, th- I do actually think BT, never mind the technology investment, I do think they had to do something around about their call handling. And the, the customer service, the amount of people I still see, you know, that you know, engineers don't turn up, which has been no note, you know, they've booked two, three appointments and just don't show and on Twitter complaining about it. It's horrible. It's, it's funny, isn't it? It's almost one of those things where I think most probably happen okay, but when it goes wrong, it goes spectacularly wrong and never yeah. seems to correct itself. It's almost like they they cover, you know, 90% of the use cases, but the other 10% they don't seem to be able to do anything with. Yeah, you know, they, they, well, if you've got a problem with them, you're going to have a problem forevermore. <laughs> and, and, and the thing that sticks in my head the most was the fact that, that some of the folk not, it wasn't working for it. it was like it was like an editor on Mac format, you know. So a guy who is tech savvy yeah. got probably thousands of people following him, and it's like yeah, so, this so is it's a not BT appointment that they've just not showed. <laughs> and so it's and it's not for, so it's not for lack of knowledge. It's not for lack of you know no. competence. It's just through lack of uh, you know, them being able to supply it. I guess. So yeah, and yeah, you're right. You know, if if you're in, if you're in customer service and you you've got these lead customers that you need to be aware of. I'm pretty yeah. even the Rory Kicklin Jones or whatever BBC. I think he he get messed about, and I and I know he gets messed about with Virgin because because yeah. he, he'll tweet at Virgin and I see it, and you're like, oh, this is. But then again, it's also good to know that it you know that they don't do that because actually it's just safe for everyone. So at least at least it's even. Oh, great. Uh, Everybody gets a same service. <laughs> Boaty McBoatface isn't going to be called Boaty McBoatface. It's going to be called not. the RRS, Sir David Atterborough. They 
rolled out one of the n- the nation's heroes to make sure that we weren't so off put by the fact that we weren't allowed to have our boat called Boatie Boatface. Can you imagine if they'd said it's going to be called like RRS David Cameron <laughs> and you can't <laughs> yeah, get no. Boatie Boat Boatface? <laughs> No, that, exactly. So they made a good choice, and actually, it's it is a good choice, and I, I think that's why we haven't seen such a stink kicked up. Um, it's, do you remember the the Nokia internet poll for the the new ringtone? Uh, and no. they asked people. They are. They, this is this is a few years ago now. They asked people to put in compositions of the the Nokia sound for the for the new ringtone. And so a load of people put in all these amazing submissions, like great orchestral pieces and stuff, and making you know making use of it. But the one that won was just someone who'd recorded. <laughs> so that <laughs> so of course they had to back out of that, and they said we cannot have that as our default ringtone. <laughs> so, so but they got, they got they got a lot of stink because they literally chopped it off. But I think they they've sort of side skirted this by saying yeah, national treasure treasure. Um, plus, they're going to have one of their subs is going to be called Boaty but Boatface instead. Exactly. Um, so they've so. De- they've dealt with it okay. They've got away with it basically. Yes, basically. Um, West Ham has signed an esports player. They've gone and um, signed up uh, this chap who apparently has been it's, it's Drag- Dragon. Uh, he's Sean Allen. He's basically been in every single final for X number of years now, and they've signed him up as a, an e player. He will be playing in a West Ham shirt. Yeah. And he's actually got a number. So he's, number 50. he's got a squad number. Which... <laughs> so this is because they're seeing this market expanding massively. Um, so they reckon it's going to reach um, $463 million this dollars this year. But actually, it's going to be you know beyond the billion dollar market uh, by 2020. It, absolutely. It, it, it is, I think it's been talked about for so long, but I think it's now finally reached that kind of tipping point where it yeah. is it's now kind of almost like it's boom time. And well, in Asia, it's been going for that long has, now and actually is a massive thing over there. But it's kind of been really small. It's been small beer here, but it's, you can see it It's growing. still scoffed at. It's still yeah. scoffed at over here. Whereas I think, it, I, I think of had because our generation is the computer generation, we're now getting to that middle age phase it's not going to be long before it's the normal thing and you can understand and appreciate it. I think it'll still get scoffed at. Yeah, and the thing is, I can understand like marathon runners and, 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 and you know, like, sure. you know, real footballers and, and, you know, rugby players probably going, ha ha, darts players. You know, but exactly. That, that, I mean, they, they still face the ridicule and scoffing, don't they? So yeah. yeah, but, you know, but lots of people see that as a sport and it's, it's not, it's, you're, you're watching somebody compete with somebody else in some shape or form. It's a, it's, it's a skill-based thing isn't it and that's what a lot of sport is so it's it, there's a there's a distinction to be made maybe but you know whatever so, it is it's, nevertheless it's competition and that that's that's at the root of what the human nature isn't it competition and it's 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 the most even competition that you can have right because there's there's no inbuilt sexism or anything into it there's no capability differences it's just about how good you are at playing that game uh, which is true, but it's one of the things I noticed when I was watching. So I'd, I've not watched a lot of these, but you watched all the Halo things. There's not one woman. Uh, no, not in the not in the finals. Uh, and and again, like, that's probably just lack of interest rather than yeah. You know, you know is it such a is, is it again one of these kind of like the early adopters? It's all male dominated. They're all tanked up in the Red Bulls. It's just something that's that's not attractive all, or, or not attracted to certain maybe. people. I don't, I don't know. I think it's a it, you know. No matter what you say, there are differences in mentality between men and female, male and female. Um, and okay, there it's a bell curve in all cases, but maybe 
online competition just does not interest um um it's weird it was just one of these things i looked at and i was like so because because when you because when you're playing online and you never know is it a is it a male or female is it a kid is it a 90 year old you, you no. don't know generally it you, doesn't matter they're either assholes or not yeah and gen- generally <laughs> when you get spanked you think bloody hell that's probably an eight-year-old but it's just it's just just <laughs> slap me silly and and there's now his new tea bagging me in Halo. It's it's all it's all the ego takes an absolute doing. But but at the same time, I just I was watching it and it's like I, I kind of was. I remember we were talking about how you watched it and they were all they're all talking so fast. I mean, I mm. I know when I I can talk fast and when the Glaswegian accent, people were just like what. I had somebody today who wrote down this word that they thought I said and it was like <laughs> I was <laughs> I'd said occurrence and she'd written down cur. And I was like, how did you go from a currents to cur? Because she was asking me later on, you were talking about the cur. The what? I was like, what? <laughs> and I was like, cur, you wrote down cur, it's unique. And I was like, no, I said occurrence. And she's like, oh, right. <laughs> that makes more sense. <laughs> yeah. You weren't talking about this weird thing that I didn't know. I about. said it like five times, but clearly I was getting excited and passionate. <laughs> um, so, but anyway, I just found it weird as I was watching it. I was like, ah, oh, there's no, there's no women. And maybe there are, they're just not yet at that top flight. No, but there was, there was like, so none of the managers were, none of the shout casters or whatever they were. Mm-hmm. There was no hosts were. It was just, it was just like, guys. <laughs> yeah. But the, yeah. It, certainly and and when it is that kind of environment when you don't have that balance then yeah it's never you know it, it's hard to b- break in but but then again i don't think that's the case for all games i know all the hearthstone competitions and things like that they do they're very much more mixed um very much more anyway it's the end of our news this week no um, it's not oh you've, you've skipped a controversial story just because i want to slag you off have I? Yeah, I want to talk about how um, EA is making massive product, pro- ah, yes, profits sorry, yes. from digital yes. downloads. Yes, so I, I have skipped. Well, you're right. So this I, is I the right. announcement that... Um, <laughs> Thanks for telling me. <laughs> <laughs> this is the announcement that, that Madden um, NFL dollar sales, 55% of those came from um, digital downloads. Um, I, I, oh, I, I, I don't get this. Uh, so, so and I guess me and you are different still at the moment. You're you're buying digital because it just saves you hassle. And it does save a lot of hassle. It's not getting away from it, but it just infuriates me that that the digital price is so much more than this price. But the only that the only reason they do that is to protect bricks and mortar, right? And and you can understand that. There's so much is you know if you suddenly one day just said right everything digital is the same price as, as it is you know when you go to the shops. There's an awful lot of investment, lives, jobs, livelihoods, all those things that rely on that, right? Uh, yeah, so you but, can't be but, you can't be fickle tough. about that. Tough. I don't think you can be fickle about it. I think you can be gentle about it. But I think in you know maybe in a year's time, then you might start thinking of actually. I guess we need to readdress the balance. No, you make a really good point. The the, the bit I'm, I'm more surprised at is the fact that there is such a gap that people are obviously willing to pay more for that extra convenience and. And I mean, what they're saying is Madden more than fifty percent um, was a digital download, and and the Madden Madden comes out as forty two pound, but it will be you know at least fifty five if not. They're pretty much they pounds. they kind of roll at their retail price. They're the recommended retail price on on digital downloads. Yeah, so they're, sort of they're generally about ten pound difference, something yeah. along those lines. Which is a lot of money. It's a, it is a lot of money, but if it's going to be a game you're going to hack to bits and really play lots of, for me just the end of the day the disc is a weird transport method you put it in the drive you install it from a disc and then you have to update it anyway don't you see yeah 
and even more weirder, there's lots of rumours that Nintendo are going to go back to cartridges. So Really? Yeah. Wow, okay. <laughs> Which would, was just like, okay. How bizarre. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I just I just thought it was an interesting point, just that that that, that um, EA are obviously seeing it as a as a massive profit boost for them. That that because because obviously it takes a lot of the cost of it, you know. So I I don't need to pay. The yeah, shop, yeah. So that's they're they're, you know, they're happy because they get to charge more. And they get keep more of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's all win win. So certainly, and and yeah, there we go. Boom. Okay, that is the end of the news. Then um, yeah. do you have a pick? Uh, no. So you haven't watched Uncharted yet, or played Uncharted yet? No, it came just through been on Tuesday. It's been massively, positively rated. And the reviews have been balmy, haven't they? Yeah. And, just, and certainly you know, the videos of it look amazing. Almost guaranteeing it like Game of the Year. You know, it's just it's hard to see something coming out and touching that. Friend of the podcast, Bomb, has been playing, uh, and he said that just the graphics and the fidelity of it all it are just blow you away, bonkers. Uh, and you can see that even from some the from the videos and the static screens. I try not to look at too much because you don't you you, you kind of want to just enjoy it and play it and not yep. get spoiled too much. But um, certainly look at some of the just the static screens and people. Some of the forums have been very careful putting posting screens that are non spoilery, and um, and you're just like there's no jaggies, you know. So even in this generation, there's still lots of screens you'll look yep. at and you'll see, oh look at the jaggies here and look at this and that. It just looks it just looks really good. Yeah, the videos I've seen, just the, the facial expressions and, and the, you know, just amazing. And getting away from that shallowness, the actual gameplay itself is seemingly top-notch. So it's, Uncharted, I, I've enjoyed the games, but it was, it, they've always had, like, floaty shooting mechanisms, and I've never really been interested in playing, you know, the multiplayer aspects of it, just because of that. Um, but, but I've really enjoyed the single player. I think I only ever played Uncharted 2, and I, didn't, I just didn't like the sneaky gameplay, and that was, you know, not for lack of not thinking the game. It's all a very dramatic you know, it's all very, it's very yeah. cinematic, and yes. things happen, yes. and, and this one of interest. And really, there's no, there's no jeopardy because you, you know, yeah. they they build the tension, but actually, you just no. And of interest, yeah. like jeep driving, and made it far more dynamic in this one. So I'm, it, it, I won't. I'm Certainly, it's, enjoy. it's definitely a classic series. I think this is the final one in the series. Am I right? Yeah. So this it'll certainly go down long term as as one of the classics for sure. So there you go. All right, that's the end of the podcast. If you want to find out more about us, who we are, what we do, digitaloutbox.com is our website. You can talk to us, email info at digitaloutbox.com and we're on Twitter at digitaloutbox. I'm on Twitter as Cheesy UK and my racing blog is academyracer.co.uk. Uh, Ian, where can we find you? Uh, Twitter as Sweeper. Blog is iand.net. Lovely. Um, we will talk to you again uh, probably yeah, next week, I believe. Uh, I think so. Yeah, next week. Speak to you then. Ta-ra. Bye-bye.